Good morning, everyone. We see some special things here in Exodus chapter 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine among them. And listen to what it says here. We haven't seen this in this clarity to this date. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how I made a mockery of the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. And here we get what very well may be God's overarching purpose in the hardening of Pharaoh's heart and all these plagues, that his name is going to be known among our children and our grandchildren, and that these things will be told to them so that they can see how God has moved, how God has worked. And, you know, our, our children should learn of these Old Testament miracles, but then now today, how they have come together in the person of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we are about to get to Exodus 12, where we'll get the instructions on the Passover and how they were to commemorate that forever. And indeed, uh, Jesus and his disciples on Passover, were commemorating it as God had prescribed for them to do. And on the same night that that the blood's lamb saved Egypt from Pharaoh and from the plague and set them free, is the same night and day that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, shed his blood to set us free from our sin. It's such a glorious thing, and there's more details that we'll see when we get to Exodus 12 that just help people believe when they know. And it saddens me that so few know. I mean, uh, I, I just think there's so much evidence tying together Old and New Testaments that people just need to know the evidence. They need to know the stories of God. They need to know how they've come together in Jesus Christ. And um that's what we're doing as we go through reviewing the Word in the Bible, and that's also what I did in my book, Altered. And man, I just w- I really believe if people knew what we knew, they'd believe what we believe. Now, is that going to be true of every single person? Perhaps not, but I really think it can go a long way if people knew what we knew. I really think more would believe what we believe, and we want to pass this on to our children and grandchildren. And we need people to know. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And God made his signs and wonders known so that our children could know about them. We got to do a better job of passing this along. You know, I, I think sometimes we're, we just are, we're young and we're um, maybe not fully educated ourselves when we're young parents and on the ways of the Lord. And, you know, we just don't pass on uh, the faith to the next generation as well as we should. And, there's so many distractions today, and it just saddens my heart when you think of all the video gaming and all the movies and television and and internet and and Netflix and you know just headsets and everything else that can preoccupy people today and take them away from the knowledge of Jesus. And there's just so much to. Um, to pull our families and children away that it's a responsibility that we have as a church and as a families of men and women of God, we've got to instill in our children as best we can um, the knowledge of God. And um, it, it's great 
whoever's listening, that you're getting to know um, the evidence. You're getting to know the Bible better because you can't give what you don't have, you know. And as we grow in our own journey and in the Word, we'll we'll have more to pass on to those around us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, verse 3, and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of your Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I'll bring locusts into your territory. They shall cover the surface of the land so that no one will be able to see the land. They will also eat the rest of what has escaped and what is left to you from the hail. They will eat every tree which sprouts for you out of the field. Then your houses shall be filled with these locusts and the houses of all of your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, something which neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day that they came upon the earth until this day. Wow, this is going to be one horrific um, plague. And as we move forward here, um, they, they, Pharaoh says, let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God, verse 7. And they're trying to compromise. They're trying to um, say, oh, your men can go, but not your women, not your children, not your cattle. And then Moses in verse 9 says, we shall go with our young and our old and with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds, we shall go. For we must hold a feast to the Lord. And then Pharaoh says, no, I'm not going to let you all go. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting that Moses does not negotiate. Moses says, no, we're going to all go. We're all Either we're all going or, you know, we're, we're all going to go eventually. But we're not going to compromise. And, you know, I, for whatever reason, that's just taken me to, to let me, a couple things. One. In the church, we can't compromise the Word of God. We can't say, oh, well, the, the, the world has gone this direction. Maybe we should just kind of lay off what the Bible says and kind of go with the ways of the world. No, no, we don't compromise the Word of God. The Word of God is the Word of God. And, you know, I was having a interaction with someone regarding uh, gay rights um, recently. And I'm like, you know what, no matter what, the government does, no matter what people do, what people think, no matter what laws change, no matter what rights are given, no matter how much homosexuality may be celebrated in America, it's never going to change what the Word of God says. It's a sin. It's an abomination. It's not something that God approves. It's something that He definitely disapproves, and that will never change. The Word of God is never going to change. And you know, the world's changing around us, well, their perception, but it doesn't change the word of God. And, you know, we, we in America, you know, there's people listening, not from America, but in America, you know, we have this, this, you know, two party system primarily of Republicans and Democrats, um, conservative and liberal. And, you know, our, our country was founded on a freedom of religion. Now our country you know, all the way up until it was founded in 1776, was largely a Christian nation. But the the governing documents, our constitution, calls for a freedom of religion, and that the government 
um, cannot impose religion upon us and that we are free to have our own expression of religion. And it's a great thing for a prosperous country to have freedom of religion, and it's, it really is. However, I don't think it's turning out as well as what the founders of the Constitution thought. I mean, it's it, 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 I'm glad that I'm free, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm you know, doing this Revering the Word podcast, and I'm sharing my faith in the open air, and I'm not really going to be persecuted. Uh, some may not believe what I believe and persecute me for what I believe, but like government-wise, I'm free to do what I'm doing. And it is a glorious thing, and it has worked well for a prosperous, free America. However, it also has made us a very liberal nation because what's happened is we always have to negotiate. See, Moses, when when God gave him instruction and then Pharaoh wanted something else, he didn't negotiate. He just said, no, this is the way it's going to be. This is what God wants, and we're going to do what God wants. Well, we live in a country that is not based on what God wants. It's not based on the Bible. That's not what our founding documents say, even though it did bring up God in our Constitution. It was not even necessarily Jesus. It wasn't the Word of God. It was everyone's free, and the government can't uh, enforce their religion upon you. And now here we are 300 years later, and we're seeing how this is working out. And we have to negotiate, we have to negotiate, we have to negotiate, and we can't say or stand uh, as a country on the word of God because that's not, you know, that's not our constitution. That's not what we, we do in our country. Now, praise God that in our churches, if we want to stand with God's word, we can. But many churches are are like uh, the government. They're like, well, you know what, let's negotiate. And Let's bend, and 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 here we have a large portion of the church embracing things that are not of God. And uh, so, you know what? I love the freedom we have in America to worship God, but this American experiment of 300 years, I'm not so sure how it's going to work out because we've lost our rudder. We've lost our moral standard, and we can't even say in our country that, that we're, we can rely as a country on the Bible as our rudder and as our standard, because that's not embedded into our constitution. And we negotiate. Sometimes you can't negotiate. You can't negotiate what's true. Now, maybe we do. And according to our constitution in our country, we have to negotiate, you know, but at, at some point, I just don't know where, where that is headed. And here we have Moses not negotiating. No, nope, all of us are going to go and uh, I, I give Moses a lot of credit with sticking with what God had said to him and not negotiating with Pharaoh. Um, so then Moses is going to stretch out his hand, and man, that locust is going to come, and it, it's it's going to come fierce. And then Pharaoh hurriedly, verse 16, called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive me my sin only this once and make supplication to the Lord your God that he would only remove this death <clears throat> from me. And he went out and made supplication to the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the Lord shifted the wind to a very strong west wind, which took up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust was left in all the territory of Egypt. That's incredible, right? All of them that came and then all of them that went away. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the sons of Israel go. And you know what? God's wanting to do the 
the last couple plagues here, and especially the Passover plague, and that's going to be something massive and significant uh, to Christianity and in biblical history. So um, God's not God's not allowing Pharaoh to rob him of the glory of what he's about to do. So now there's going to be darkness in the land. That's going to be the ninth plague. And there's going to be darkness for three days in the land, and no one could see anything. In verse 24, Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord, only let your flocks and herds be detained. Even your little ones may go with you. See, Pharaoh's trying to negotiate again. Uh, you know, and listen to what Moses says. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice them to the Lord our God. Therefore our livestock shall too shall go with us, and not a hoof shall be left behind. For we take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And until we arrive there, we ourselves do not know with what we shall serve the Lord. Meaning he doesn't know what sacrifices they're going to make, but we're not leaving unless we take everything. I love it. Moses is just laying down the law. Pharaoh hardened his heart again. And he said, get away from me. Beware. Do not see do not see my face again, for in the day you see my face, you shall die. And Moses said, you are right. I shall never see your face again. And we are headed now towards the last plague. But isn't it interesting? Moses trusted in what God had told him and what was to happen. And when Pharaoh negotiated, Moses said, no, we're all going. And, you know, as much as I'm frustrated about how liberal America has gone. You know what? We don't have to negotiate as a church. We don't have to begin to bend to the world. We can stand in the truth of God's word and know we at our church and at Revering the Word, we're not going to negotiate God's word to come in alignment with liberals, to come in alignment with America or anybody else. We can trust God's word and even if you know, who knows, maybe God will do a revival in America. But even if, if we don't change uh, all of America, I'll tell you what, we can stand in the church and we can be a light to America and we can draw people to a church into a teaching that's going to remain steadfast on the word of God. And that's what I intend to do. That's what I feel like I'm called to do on this earth is to, to revere the word of God. And I'm thankful that you're listening with me. God bless you all.